what Wesley Foundation is doing for all the Wesley Foundation pastors that are here. Give them a hand clap of praise. It's a calling, it's an experience that everyone doesn't have because when you are a pastor to folks 18 to 22 years old, anything can happen on any given day. Miracles are always abound. From exam to, I don't know where I left my checkbook. And my mother is going to kill me if I lose my computer one more time. To, I hate my roommate. I know I'm not supposed to hate, but I just can't stand my roommate. Could you please deliver me? Oh dear mentor, a pastor of the Wesley Foundation. Or better yet, we look up and we say, do we have to really do that? How does that fit into my spiritual journey? Well, I have some props tonight, and I tend to preach from props, so I hope that uh, you will enjoy the message, and there, this will be very interactive. So one of the things I like to do from the very beginning is to find out where you're from. I know very few faces in the audience, and I need to know where you're from. So starting here, where are you from? Who, who are you, and where are you from? So Prairie View is in house. How many people are from here from Prairie View? Give me some Prairie View stuff. Prairie View people are walking right behind you. Are you part of the Prairie View crew? Do you claim this man? He's part of your team. And who are you? Chad, good to meet you. Next row back. Tell me who you are and who you belong to. And where do you... Blaine. All right, Blaine, Blaine, Blaine. Help me, help me. I'm not from that part of Texas. Blaine, Blaine College. Two-year school. Who's here? That's your crew? Blaine's in the hole. Glad you're here. Tell us who you are. Okay. Do you play here? Do you know him? Do you even see him on campus? Sometimes. It's okay. You can be honest. It's, it's cool. It's cool. And you? Oh, you've moved to the big city. Ah, okay. But you're still at that school. Different campus. Okay. Next, next crew. Next crew. Who are you with? Yeah, are you part of this group? Yes. You with the Prairie View group. Okay. Y'all kind of taking over the room, you know, move around, spread out. Don't, don't all. I got you. And you with the Prairie View group too? Tell me who you are. Tamika. Glad you're in the house. Who's, who's, who's next? Who's next? Y'all. Tell me what the letters stand for. Stephen F. Austin, University College, University, therefore of. Who's in the house from SSA? Now, do they have the most that are here? So far. So your campus minister twisted your arm and said, if y'all don't get here, 
taking over the center of the building. Okay? Who's your crew? Okay? Back there, too? Oh, y'all are just playing it. No, no playing. Okay, this is the SFA. Y'all are, y'all, are, y'all are just taking across the line. Now, do y'all see each other on campus? Do y'all hang out? Every day? Okay, okay. Well, we'll cross the road, but we're going to finish this up in the green. North Texas. Ah, you're invading the night. Testing the waters. Who's with you? Zach, hey, Zach. You know her? See her around? She's all right? Okay. Next group. They let you come along. Wow. I'm glad. Please to meet you, Dad. Who are you? Newton Texas. You go to Lamar. You're up the street from me off of 69. All right. I probably served some of y'all's lunch in November. My people were there. Y'all, y'all eat well when my people cook. But I don't cook and I don't sing, so I can't claim that. Amen? Tell me who you are. Who's your vote? Who are they? All Lamar. Do you all Lamar have a name? Or y'all just go as all Lamar? This is the all Lamar. David, who's all Lamar? Wesley Foundation. So they're just one strong group, all Lamar. They have no name. Okay, who's on the next row back? Tell me who you are and where you're from. Nah. Right there before you go. You part of that crew too? That's good. I think I saw you the time I came and got the movie screen or something. Yeah. And you were saying, what? <laughs> Who you are? Yeah. Good meeting you again. Next, next crew, who's there? Who's there? Galveston Wesley on the beach. Now, what happened Tuesday? You know, the sun was really shining, and all of a sudden it got foggy in Galveston. I mean, it just... I tell you, I, I, was, I, was in, I was taking in the sun Monday, and it was just like, Ooh, okay, I can't see. I went to the restaurant, and it was sunshiny, and then it was like fog. But good, good meeting. So that's the whole crew there. So who else is back there? Ranjana. Ranjana. I got it. Okay. See, I, that's the one I can find. I, I can get that one. <laughs> Easy name. And the rest of y'all are clean? And this is SFA. Okay. Okay. Is there a... Oh, there's a line in there that I didn't see. Is it drawn on the floor? Oh. So back there behind is... And this line is who? 
Samhitan and a half. So all of these others are just missing schools and we'll just say they're on the way. Amen? MIA, MIA. But you're here to do what? Talk about the journey. I ask one question before we go to God in prayer and then we'll get started and have a little time together. What do you want to take home? When it's all said and done and when you pack up on Sunday, what do you want to take home? A little more God, okay? Can somebody scribe for me, write these down? You write it on anything for me. More God. Okay, what else do you want to take home? A little relaxation? Yeah, yeah. No exams? Okay. What? Huh? You know, I just finished in 2004. There's hope at the end of the journey. But once you finish six months exactly to the day, be mindful all student loans come due. They send you a card that says, we're so glad you're graduating. We're excited for your accomplishment. Tell us who your best friend is so if we happen to lose your address, we can still find you. Okay? So just be mindful. What else do you want to take home? More understanding about your spiritual journey, decisions in life. Okay, what else do you want to take home? Encouragement. Our visitors from the greater north, what would you like to take home? You hadn't really thought about it. It doesn't have to be deep. It's all good. We'll check back with you. Strength. Strength. Okay? New friends. All right. Anything else you want to take home? Wisdom. That's a good thing. How many people here are above 21 years old? That's good. That's good. How many are getting ready to graduate? Oh. How many think they have a job already? Oh. That's good. That's good. We're claiming that job. Amen. Claim it in the name of Jesus. Okay. The rest of you who are not 21 yet, don't rush it. You'll get there. Okay? Let us go to God in prayer, and then I'll get moving. Let us bow. Gracious Heavenly Father, you have heard our needs and our desires. Holy Spirit, come now and dwell among us in this place. Lord, give us the things that we need. Stretch us where we need to be stretched. Encourage us to become who you are calling us to be. If we, something happens during this time and our toes get stepped on, Lord, allow us to stay out. Give us permission to be all that we need to be. We're in a safe place. We're in your retreat. Gracious Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for all the students that have toiled diligently to prepare for this. But mostly, Father God, we thank you for already being here when we got here. We ask all these blessings in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have ever prepared for a journey? Anybody? What do you usually need? Toothbrush? Clothes? Something to do in the car? Doesn't work? Yes? Sure. 
hand clap of praise. Who is this coming? Who is coming? Tell us where this tribe is from. Where do you folks come from and what university do you dwell in? Maybe they can help them come in a little better. I mean, they bought the crew. Amen. They still coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming more. Well, I think SFA. I think your number just got changed. That there's the ones that I think are going to beat you out with the number of people that are here, doggone. I can't say anything else. Are they still of the same house and the same crew? Pleased to meet you. All righty. Well, as they come, has anybody else thought of anything else that you might want to take away with you? A Bible. Okay. Well, while they're coming, they are still coming. I think they've closed the door now. They're in the building. Is all the Texas A&M people in the building? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. They're all here. I can't say they're all accounted for, but that's not my job. Because when you have college students, you don't have to do that. Keep tabs on the person who was next to you, and you let me know, okay? They're coming. We were saying things that you need to take on the journey. Somebody said toothbrush, toothpaste, clothes. But before you can make all these decisions, wouldn't it be nice if you knew where you were going? Most journeys you should really think about where is it that you're headed. If you're going to a cold place, Shorts don't usually work. And if you're going to a really hot place, sweatshirts normally don't work. So you want to think about where it is that you're going on this journey and what you want to get out of the journey. Is this a fun journey? Is this a journey that's going to be taxing and agitating? Or is it a journey that you just simply say, I'm not sure where it's going to end, but I'm willing to go. Your spiritual journey, in many ways, has a destination, but it changes. Okay? While everyone is coming in, could someone hand out these sheets that are on the... There's a two-sided sheet you'll get. One side of it says, 21 things I wish somebody had told me before I turn 21. And on the back of it is some scenarios. And what we're going to do is quickly break into four groups, kind of geographically where you are. So some of the people in your group you'll know, some of them you won't, but we'll have time to mix and mingle in some of the other things that we'll do. But I want you to think about those scenarios. And while they're getting seated, we're going to quickly look at them. There's two scenarios on the back of that page. 
The first scenario belongs to this side. How old is the first age on that scenario? 19. What's the second age on that scenario? 27. The folks who, where's my line that separated the SFA group? Okay. Everything SFA and behind, y'all have gotten old. Y'all have turned past 25. You are now 27 years old. And I need y'all to look at scenario one and jot down some solutions. You guys here are still 19. So, you're allowed to make some different mistakes than the ones that are 27. Amen? So y'all just kind of get together and say, what's the problem here? I don't know. What do you do? I don't know. What should we say? I don't know. But you know, you'll figure something out. So y'all will be 19 in the SFA and beyond. Y'all have grown old. You're now 27. Some of you, I hate to tell you, some of y'all are actually married. With children. One of you, you know, could potentially just have mercy. You're in seminary. God called you and you said yes right away. Y'all are 27 and up front is 19. Okay? On this side. Tell me what scenario two says. Y'all got the second scenario? Come on, Texas and and y'all got to work with me. 22 to 29. In this case, See that little third view line right there? Guy with the yellow shirt? Y'all are the 22 crew. Okay? So him and behind, y'all need to talk, y'all need to solve this problem like a 22-year-old would. And you guys, y'all get to be really, really old. Y'all are 29. 29 years old is the average age of this group. You've experienced your first gray hair. You've been laid off. And these are the challenges. And you may say, well, it really doesn't work. Well, see, some of y'all went to college and felt like y'all wanted to experience life. So you didn't finish at 22. You left. You got a job. Got married. You got a couple gray hairs. And you're now 29 years old, and you're back in college, and you're having roommate drama. And you say, how can I be married and have a roommate when you guys live in a big townhouse, and you're trying to split that $2,000 mortgage? And so one couple has one floor, and somebody has another. Okay? And you say, well... What's the group response? All right? Got four groups? You got two minutes. Get to talking. Come on. Get some solutions. Get to moving. This is called the life transition game. Get to talking. Whoever gets the wild card, who wants the wild card, you get to be the leader. So you have to give the experience. 
Remember, y'all are only 19 years old, and it's all good, okay? like the wild card in this crew, okay? You get to be the presenter. Tell us what you think. Y'all got to talk fast because you only got four more minutes. This crew is 22. Who wants to be the wild card? Wild card, you get to wrap up all what they're thinking. <laughs> 29, I need a wild card. You get to be the responsible one. You're 29 and you're fully responsible here. Hello? You're now at a three-minute mark. Life is moving on. One thing about life, you'll get a decision one minute and things can change. So wherever you are in your solution, with the wild cards, please stand up. Wild card? Wild card. Scenario one, you're 19 years old. What's the problem? What's the problem? Cohabitation. My God. But it's for money. I need my rent paid, baby. What do you mean? It's still a problem. So the 19-year-old, what do y'all say? Uh, we're not going that way. We said yes anyway. They said yes anyway. Oh, my God. They decided we need the money. The scenario says there's a rent problem. And the 19-year-old says, well, it's a cohabitation issue, but we don't want to get put out. Hey, we got to live somewhere. This is the three company group. Okay? Thank you, 19. At 22, tell us what the problem is and is the solution any different? Theirs isn't cohabitation, it's an issue of spiritual maturity. Can we live together and not touch each other? and not be attracted to one another, and be okay and just pay our bills. That's what the 22-year-old says. Now look, I think if I can just find out if they're mature enough. Right? So at 19, they said, help me, help me, it's a cohabitation issue, but I'll say yes anyway. I need to pay my rent, and I don't want to get thrown out. I just finally got my parents to let me be in this apartment. The 22 are says, now look, we're getting ready to graduate. A 27, oh, excuse me, I just shortchanged your age. Forgive me. 
they have a real job and they said maturity, can they pay the bills and draw the line in the middle of the sand? Okay, that's cool. The next scenario problem, in the back, and you are, okay, and you're 22, okay? What's the problem? You hate them, you know? You can feel it in your, and you have forgiven them how many times? Over and over and over, but you still just don't like them, okay? And what happened? What's the problem? You need money, okay? And you need a place to stay. Can you figure out a budget in two minutes? The chances are no. So even though you know what the problem is, and you know there's an issue, you don't really know how much money you need yet because you haven't had a budget made. The solution here is, can you find the time to make a budget? Maybe, maybe not. Thank you. Last but not least, the most responsible, therefore, of the 29-year-old crew. What is your answer, my young man? We've offered to the boarding house. Oh, the boarding house route, okay. We're 29 years old and we can't take another summer You surely can't go back again. You can't hear that conversation of, I don't want you staying out late. I realize that you have, you're grown and everything, but you're in my house. Okay, I understand that. So you said, look, you've drawn the line, and you're going to stretch your dollar and live in the boarding house. So you have a solution. But did you, did you get a budget? No. But you're planning on it. All right. Have a seat. These are life scenarios. And in your Christian journey, things happen. You walk through life, and then all of a sudden, you get hit with, what do you mean you want to leave? The rent is denial. We made this agreement. I've already prayed over you. You don't know how to put anointing oil on your doorknob the last couple of days. What do you mean you need to leave? I got a problem with that. But this is real life. And even though we are Christians, real life happens. Can you say real life happens? Has anybody ever had their textbook cost more money than was in their account? Raise your hand. Real life happens. Have you ever been in a situation where your professor said, this is what's due now, they changed the deadline, you decided to sleep a little late that day, and all of a sudden you had a late assignment. Life happens. Or some of you are getting ready to graduate, and you saved that horrible course for the last semester. Just hoping that that professor would be leaving or be on sabbatical or something. And they're waiting right there. They had registration. So glad you're here. I've been waiting for you to take this class. Then how does that translate? If I get a chance, you might flunk. And you say, life happens. Or better yet, you waited for the class and the professor goes on sabbatical. And nobody is teaching the class. 
and you are three credits from graduating. And your parents have said, not one more semester am I going to pay for you. Not there, no one, no more. If you don't come out this semester, you'll be graduating by your time. Life happens. And it's real. You don't stop living just because you're a Christian. But on the spiritual journey, the scripture today talks about gaining some tools. Young man, can you bring me that suitcase from the corner? This box represents the bread of life. It's a regular bread box. It's nothing special about it. But for today and for the next couple of days, this box is going to be the bread of life. This suitcase represents our journey. You notice there's some tags on it? I fly southwest. I get miles really quick. And then I can take a free trip somewhere else. Amen? I like to fly. I like to take trips. But on your spiritual journey, you got to pack stuff. And then you got to throw stuff away. Is anybody in here packing some stuff that you need to throw away? Is anybody in here carrying some things that you need to throw away? What happens when you get to the airport now? If you don't have the right shoes on your feet, you got to take them off. Because what happens? Well, beep, 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 beep. And guess what? There's a little dot on this tag. I left it on here purposely. They inspected this suitcase, even though I was not present. If you go to the airport now, you can't lock your stuff. Because after September 11th, there is an edict and a mandate that all bags are subject to inspection. Either in your presence or not in your presence, therefore we will identify that your bag has been inspected. In our spiritual journey, Jesus says, bring everything to me. So in our spiritual journey, Jesus also inspects our bags. He checks to see how we make decisions, whether we break it on worldly issues, whether we justify it by something else, whether we say, hey, that's just a little teeny sin, and it's not really that bad, and God won't forgive me, and it's all good because, you know, I needed that rent. Do you believe that God provides? Do you believe that God can stretch five loaves and three fish? Do you believe that he can take care of you? Do you believe he is your provider? A lot of times we say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you. Don't doubt my belief. But between a rock and a hard place, what happens? We be on the phone. Girl, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Man, my cell bill is so high that you may cut it off. You know, that little, that little lady is going to start answering my, my telephone. This line has been temporarily disconnected. Feel free to call back at another time. You know, that, you know that special lady to answer your phone when you don't pay your bill? You know what? Don't pretend. I've been in college three times. 
I got three different degrees, three different colleges, three different cities. I know your stuff can get cut off. I'm telling y'all the truth. It happens to Christians on your spiritual journey. Your stuff can get cut off. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. But God still provides. Has anybody in here had a telephone cut off? Raise your hand. I won't look. You can put them down. Confession is good for the soul. Sometimes our telephone bills get cut off because what happened? We didn't budget. See this group over here? We didn't budget. Stuff got cut off. Oh, we saw this great thing at the mall. And it went on sale. And then we had the coupon that was in the paper. And we figured we got it on the 19th of the month. It would go on the bill after the bill. And nobody would know that we had got it that month. But none of us checked the fact that they bill immediately now. If you charge it on the 19th, it rolls on the 19th. And when you get that new bill due the middle of March, it's on there. And it's due now. Along with the rent you don't have. And you say, well, I hope he's a provider. Talk to me, Jesus. And you go over to your emergency closet. You know, there's a regular prayer closet and then there's an emergency prayer closet. emergency prayer closet. That's the one you've learned how to pray without ceasing because you can you just be leaning on the shield. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Maybe y'all don't do that. But over the last couple of years I had two tuitions to pay. Any of y'all know about SMU? I got the hat. This is one of the few things that's fully paid for, amen? I was in SMU full-time, and my youngest son was in Morehouse full-time. He's still at Morehouse. Both of those schools have big-digit payments. Have mercy, Jesus. And they cost money. But because God gave me the ability to budget, he gave me the ability to look for scholarships, we were able to sustain tuition at SMU tuition at Morehouse, and part of the time my husband was even at Houston Community College. We worked jobs. We went back and forth. But I will never forget the semester my son called me and said, Ma, the amount of money you sent for books is just not covering it. I said, did you go to the used store? He said, all my classes, the professors got have new books. Did you go to the library? Did you get that copy yet? He said, Mine, they don't have it there yet. I said, Well, can you like team up with somebody? Do a partnership? Mom, I need my books. And I went to the emergency prayer classes. And God did provide. Because I got a book scholarship that year, so the money that I would have spent on my books, I spent on his books. 
And I kept saying, Void is this type. And I said to God, Can you like ease up a little? Help me out? He said, I have. So when we look at the scripture and we identify with what Jesus was teaching that day, there were miracles happening about being called the bread of life. He fed 5,000 people on a hill. Do you know what 5,000 people look like? Think about the last concert you went to. Christians still go to concerts. It's okay. Y'all don't have to play a hate. It's all good. Y'all go to concerts. We go to concerts. Just because you became a Christian, Jesus didn't say you couldn't have fun and you couldn't enjoy life. But we go to concerts and we see what the masses of people look like. 5,000 people on a hill. Man. Can you say awesome? Sitting down having lunch on Jesus? <laughs> Chilling. Thanking God for the miracle. But their belief did not allow them to be hungry. They didn't act like food fight. Ain't enough food. I better stand in this line first. Somebody better give me something right now. They were all fed. They weren't shortchanged because the scripture says there was something left. Jesus told the disciples, gather up what's left so it can be given out later. Can you imagine having enough faith to believe that you will be fed every step of the way from your books to your dormitory room when you don't have to compromise? You don't have to say, just sneak them in. And don't tell him that he's in the room paying rent. Because the landlord knows he's not on the lease. We don't have to make up stories. We don't have to pretend. We can be unique, genuine, straight up, out the box Christians, doing what God has called us to do because we're on a spiritual journey for integrity. Don't shortchange what God has for you because you're not clear. Because you're doubting. Because you're saying, excuse me, Jesus, this is a really big bill. And I know you're solving the problems of all these other thousand people on the hill, but hey. He sees each of us. He knows each of us by name. He says that he knows the number of hairs that we have on the top of our head. He knows us just that well. But my question is, on this journey, if that bag represents our life, are we carrying stuff when God says you don't have to carry it no more? Because if you believe in me, if you trust me with all of your heart, if you lean on me, not your own understanding, if you see in me the God that I really am, I am the bread of life, then you will trust me to provide for you. I asked some of you who's graduating soon. Who's graduating soon? Raise your hand. You see this book? It says money management for college students. 
We get a transition out of college life. But if you haven't learned to budget in college life, you will need to know how to budget in grown people life. Because every time your parents jump up and send you that extra hundred dollars, I hate to tell you, when you get a real job, they don't do that no more. It's over. They may slip you a little something here and there, but it's over. I don't mean to break your heart, but I want to tell you the truth now. When you graduated, that little $50 that they give you to say, baby, keep you going, money, it's over. Any of y'all engaged? Come on, y'all. Somebody's falling in love somewhere. Oh, isn't that special? Money is one of the biggest issues in marriage. But it's basically a disorder of desire. She wants to save and he wants to spend, or she wants to spend and he wants to save, and you don't get on the same page. So you start talking about, that's my money. God says it all goes together. We struggle with that. And then we put our heart in a box. Some of us have been heartbroken at this point, and we carry in. The flame for the old dude, or for the other sister, and we don't put our heart in the box. And we say, Lord, I'm protecting my heart. I can't get along on this spiritual journey because I really don't trust anybody with my heart. And so we put it in a nice little box. And we simply say, until I find the right person that can light my fire, I won't let it out the box. But Scripture says, will you love them? But mostly, if you look at Ephesians, will you submit and love God? So the reality is, you're not only keeping your heart from you hate this special person, you haven't given your heart to God. You give it to him, you take it back. You give it to him, take it back. D, 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 D. Back and forth. Is that a strong sign of your faith? Well, have you ever heard of the word grace? If you have, raise your hand and say, thank God for grace. Because even in our tug of warness, even in our challenges, even everything that's in here, we look and say, thank God for grace. Because in my most difficult challenges, even when I didn't fully believe God's unconditional love and unmerited favor called grace showered upon me and still provided for my soul. So, part of what I hope you'll do is during this time, let your heart go, brother. Just, just don't, don't, don't carry it like a chip, young man. And, 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 I, and I want y'all to notice that I'm giving these to brothers because young ladies, we be crying on the wheel. Oh, he hurt my heart. Girlfriend, I just have to tell you, he hurt my heart. And then they go to another girlfriend and say, "Let me just get a three-way and tell you just how this I'm just heartbroken. 
Brothers, sisters know how to cry. Girls, females, they know how to cry and get that stuff out. They live there for a score of intent. All that marries will get your insurance policy because they're going to make it. Because they know how to let it out. No matter how dramatic it may be, they get it out. But brothers be like this. Anybody heard me like that? I just let her go. I kicked her to the curb. She really wasn't worth that. You know, I don't want to make that kind of commitment at this point. I'm just trying to stay in school, get my education and everything. But brothers get hurt too. And then they shut down. They lock that heart down and they just, oh no. Not another one. I don't care if she's the cutest thing from this side of heaven. I'm going to say, it's really nice meeting you. Hey, get back with you. Let me get those digits. You know, I may call you. I may not. I'm not a man of commitment right now. I'm just committed to school. Heart be all broke. They be all bent down. And they be player hating. Tight. I don't know your situation. I really don't know whether you have been heartbroken or not. But I read a little thing the other day during my devotion period. And it was interesting because it talked about heartbreak. And what it said is God can use us in our brokenness. When we get broke, He can really get into our spirit. He can really begin the transformation process. He can turn our lives around. So, brothers, there's hope for you. Even though you be tight, close, next to the heart, go in your prayer closet. Confess to God. Yeah, I really like that girl. She almost had me going. I was close to saying the L word. And she blew my mind. I'm going to forgive her, Lord. Can you forgive me for holding on to the drama? Is she supposed to be mine, hey? I ain't going to hold on. I'm not going to hold nothing against her. A real brother, a real sister, a real person in growth, spiritual journey, walking through, can turn to God and say, God, help me with my unbelief. Help me with my unfaithfulness moment. Help me with my mess and my drama. Help me with my situation. Because between 18 to 25, you make some of the most powerful decisions in your life. You are inquiring. You are testing. You are asking questions about your faith. Because at this point, you want to know the truth. Because it's no longer about your mom and dad's God. It's about what is my relationship with Jesus Christ? What is it that I believe? What is it that I understand about United Methodism? What is I understand about Christianity? Where am I and how can I get there? What is it about forgiveness? But what happens? You're blessed. You're in a Western Foundation environment. You're in a space where you can inquire in a safe place. You're in a place where you can say to somebody, help me stay accountable on my journey. 
Help me walk by faith because I just forced my midterm. And I'm so tired of studying for that class. And I'm carrying 15 credits because I need 15 to graduate. But if I drop that one, these are real life issues. I'm all the way at this point in my major and I can't stand finance. I just took four classes and three of them I done got C and the man just drives me crazy. It's too late for me to change my major. I'm so close to graduate. I guess I'm a graduate in finance and don't work at Walmart. Have mercy. These are real decisions in your life. And I don't make minimal. I don't joke about them because I sat where you sat. In my undergraduate years, the textile marketplace went underground. I had to get a double major simply because I needed to get a job when I graduated. Because my parents simply said to me, if you graduate on May 15th, I hope you're working on May 21st. Please don't plan to go to Cancun because you need to be working, girlfriend. And that was said with love. Because I was in my own apartment. I was paying my own bills. But my parents let it be known. I need you to be accountable as soon as you graduate from college. Some of y'all are going to go on to become doctors, lawyers. You got three or more levels of schooling. And you had signed up for 10 credit cards. Everyone that comes in the mail, you transfer the next balance to that one, and you're paying Rob Peter to pay Paul, and you have a credit rating of ugly, and you're not even 24 years old. But we serve a risen Savior that asks us to do two or three things, to have faith in him, to believe that he is the bread of life, that he is the staple of life, that he is an understanding, and he is greater than our wildest imagination, and he wants to fulfill the desires of our heart. But there are things that we must do. This is a time here where I encourage you to ask questions about where you stand with God. Because God knows where he stands with you. And if you have stepped back and drawn back away from God, because you say, you know, God, that last move you made, I really didn't like that. It's good to be honest with God. But that doesn't mean God is going to change his mind unless you didn't like it. I've gone to God numerous times hoping that he would answer the prayer differently, and he answers it the same way. And then he simply says, the last five prayers that I've answered, I need you to start working on those, young lady. Thank you very much. But I'm standing there saying, let me just pray this one more prayer and see if you're going to change in mind. But in the reality of it is, the maturity, the spiritual growth, like the group was saying, we're, we're now 27 and we've matured. We can ask different questions. But even when you ask different questions, are you willing to be obedient to the Word of God? That's the question I have for the group tonight. How does your walk really look? Is it like this, with a bunch of junk in it, old memories, pictures, the bag from the hotel where you went for the senior prom, 
when your parents said, we don't want you going there, but you figured out how you could get there and get back before they knew you went? You know that location. Oh, y'all don't do that. I'm sorry. I don't want to make that presumption. This is a very completely non-traditional, fully obedient 22-year-old group. Is the Word of God in your bread box? Is there some sticky glue in your bread box? Because the Word of God should stick on you. It should be part of your confidence. It shouldn't just be something you have to guess from time to time. And then finally, you may be wondering, what is this? This happens to be the cover of the Bible that I had in college. It had a lot of telephone numbers in it. You may say, where's the guts? What happened? Well, that can explain a little bit about how my college life was. I really needed prayer a great deal. The Bible got worn out because it was a Bible that had every concordance level that you could ask for. I actually asked my godmother for the Bible for the dummies. I had, I needed to know because I realized when I left confirmation class and when I left high school, I had a high school relationship with Jesus Christ. It wasn't that much bigger than this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I knew a few scriptures that could keep me out of trouble, and believe me, they were marked on my heart. But I needed to build a relationship. So in this passage tonight, in the book of John, we're going to focus these next two days on chapter 6. We're going to look at the miracles. We're going to look at the relationships, and we're going to open that suitcase and look at some of the stuff that we carry and how that relates to Scripture and where God is moving us. I don't want you to think I'm going to answer all your questions because I hope that you will leave here tonight in a mindset of inquiry. Say, my goodness gracious, she steps on my toes. God, how did she get in my business? And I hope the quietness will indicate a situation where you're pondering. All the lights are on in your mind. Because where you are right now is the foundation for your blessing. If you're hungry, God will feed you. If you're naked, he will clothe you. If you need things, he will provide. But he is not your bellboy. He is not your bellhop. He is not your person that you can say, let me put you on caller ID and see if you call him. And when I see it, I don't want to talk to God right now, so let me just go on to the other line. Your relationship with Jesus now begins a foundation that has little to do with your parents and more to do with what you believe about your life in Jesus Christ. Yes, you will make mistakes. Yes, we are all sinners saved by grace. But God's grace is sufficient. And for you who believe that you have done something at this point in life and you are keeping the secret underneath the bottom of your, your closet, in the shoebox behind the 15 other shoeboxes, whatever is in there, God will forgive you. 
There are things you do in college that you may not be happy about. You don't talk every day with your parents. When I worked with college students, I simply told them these couple deals. What we discussed, unless it's a life and death emergency, I don't have a need to call your parents. And many of your parents may know me, and they will come by, and they'll kind of say, A pastor, I, have you talked to my child? I said, excuse me, were you talking about Jamie or Mary or Fred? I'm confused. Who are you talking about? Oh, you know who my daughter is. You know who my son is. You know I can't even go there. Just keep them in prayer. Well, can you tell me anything? No. Because I make a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. That what we say and what we communicate and what we pray about is between you and God. I don't even remember your stuff. I got enough stuff to remember my own. But if there's something that's life-threatening, I will encourage you to speak to your parents if they are still your guardians. But for those of you who are 27 years old or some of you who are 29, your parents don't do the same thing they had to do when you were 19. They're not claiming you anymore. They don't have to do foster with you. You're not on their taxes anymore. You're not a write-off no more. You're now grown. What you have waited for your whole life, you have arrived. Hallelujah. This is an exciting period, but honestly, some of your faces say, I am scared to death. Skippy, help me. I'm about to jump off the bridge. But God is ready to help you in this transition as you move from young adulthood into the next level of more responsibility, as you walk up this journey to spiritual maturity, as you see yourself grow, as you learn to say no and let your no's be no's and your yeses be yeses. In the name of Jesus, God is moving you and he's expecting you to walk this journey out. If you love me, will you walk if you love me, will you believe that I can provide? And if you love me, will you allow me to be your friend? Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, tonight we are open to your word. We perceive a movement of God. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for taking us on this great journey. We thank you, Lord, for this retreat time. Allow us to listen to you. Allow us to pray with you. Allow us to reflect in our small groups where we really are spiritually. And Lord, I say to you, thank you for the journey. Thank you for the bread. Thank you for the grace. And thank you for your blessing. But above all, God, we thank you for your forgiveness. Because without it, we're stuck. And when we leave here, Father God, I pray, Jesus, help us to take a new step. Help us to walk renewed in a life that is reflected to be on the journey with the great God.
and our awesome Lord and our blessed Savior. During this Lenten season, Father God, continue to cover us and guide us in everything that we say we do. We ask this in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.